It is good to be with you here today. Amen? Amen. It is good to be with you online. If you're tuning in on Facebook or our online platform or you're on face on uh, YouTube, uh, it's good to be with you as well. I'm probably a new face for many of you here. Uh, that's because I just came on staff at the beginning of February. Uh, my name is Steve Hoadley, and I uh, have the honor and the privilege of being your creative pastor. And can I just say how excited I am to be here? And to give you a huge thank you to so many who have welcomed myself and my family uh, so beautifully over these last uh, few weeks that we have been here. So we are excited and blessed uh, to call this our new home and to be journeying together in what Jesus is doing here amongst us. Is Jesus at work at Fellowship Alliance Chapel? Yeah, you can clap for Jesus. I like that. All right. If you have a Bible with you today, I don't know if anyone has a Bible with them. I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. If you have a Bible app, know that I am not going to hold judgment against you for using that Bible app, okay? So you could take your phone out. If you're online, and especially if you're on our uh, online platform, uh, church online. There's actually a Bible tool you can use right on that website. So feel free to turn to 2 Corinthians. We love the Bible here at FAC and would encourage you to read it daily. Before we get to that passage, though, as a way to get us started, I hope that video uh, got you thinking about invitations. I'm sure everyone has received an invitation at some point. You all received an invitation before? Sometimes invitations that we get are the kind that you want to receive. They're good invitations. Like one thing that comes to mind is a wedding invitation. Have you all received a wedding invitation before? You know, there's, there's, there's a bride and there's a groom and there's going to be a party and, and you get to come. And you're like, yes. And sometimes the invitation is, is really neatly designed or ornate and uh, you know you're going to get dressed up and there's going to be a nice service and then there's probably going to be a reception and you'll get to, to eat. Eating's good, right? Uh, some invitations that we get are, are kind of awkward. Have you ever gotten an awkward invitation before? You know, where it's like you're in school and someone like leans over and says, so you did pretty good on that uh, assignment last week. And uh, well, I I've been noticing that we're in a lot of classes together. Um, I usually don't smell. So would you want to go out with me? <laughs> it's awkward, it's awkward. Sometimes you get a bad invitation. You ever got an, an undesirable invitation? You're like, this, this are you serious invitation? Like, do we really have to go? So uh, my wife and I's kids are uh, 19 and 16, but when they were little, we would get the dreaded birthday party invitation. You know what I'm talking about? Those of you who have kids or those of you who maybe still are a kid at heart. You know, your, your kid's like five years old and they're in kindergarten. And, and you know that like everyone in kindergarten has probably gotten this invitation to go to this kid's party. And you're like saying to your spouse, we don't even know who that is. Who is that kid? I don't know, but Johnny's going to have a great time. So we better go. All right, so what do we get them? I don't know. We can't be cheap. We can't spend too much. And then it's probably at some, like, crazy kids fun factory. You ever been to one of those places before? You know, where there's going to be screaming and yelling and eating and slobbering and crying and bleeding and all that stuff is going to be involved in that invitation. You don't want any part of that, but you know you're going to have to go. My family and I were watching Jimmy Fallon recently, and uh, he said it really well. He said, thank you, drive-by birthday parties, <laughs> for turning three hours of agony into 15 minutes of a joyride. 
So we have been in a series called Beyond the Bleachers, a series where we have been encouraging one another as a church to get into the game, recognizing that church, that following Jesus, that our faith is a sport that everyone participates in. There's nobody that's off the field. We need to get beyond the bleachers. And so we have been encouraged that we need to give, that we need to connect, that we need to serve. And today, we're going to be talking about how we need to invite. You see, because every follower has an inviter. Every follower has an inviter. And the big idea that I hope that we all can be encouraged by and come away with today is that God shares the good news through you. Can we say that together? God shares the good news through you. Even if you're online, you can say that definitely. When we look at Scripture, we see all these huge characters and heroes of the faith. You know, they all had inviters. They all had people who introduced them to Jesus. We think of Peter. We think of Peter who was renamed the rock when he met Jesus. But how did Peter get to Jesus? Do we even remember? You know, it was funny because we talked as a preaching team about this passage that comes from uh, the gospel of John in the first chapter. And I got to be honest with you, I totally missed it. I'm like, oh, we're going to be talking about how, you know, Jesus is calling his followers and, you know, Peter gets his name changed and who wouldn't want to be Peter? Actually, he's kind of a crazy guy. But you read in verse 41, how did Peter meet Jesus? He had a brother. He had a brother, Andrew. And you see, Andrew had met Jesus previous. And he ran to his brother Peter and he says, Peter, we found the Messiah. We found the Savior. Jesus was walking through a town in Samaria and he came across the woman at a well. You may know the story. They had a great conversation and it deeply impacted her soul. And there was back and forth volleying of religious themes and ways of living. And at the end of the conversation, this woman who was probably ostracized by her community came to the conclusion that this was the Son of God. This was the Messiah that they were waiting for. And so even though she was a person who was probably an outcast in her village, she didn't keep that to herself. She ran back to the town. And she said, come and see a man who has told me everything about me. And through her testimony, through her invitation, that town concluded that truly this is the savior of the world. There was a man named Saul, and he was persecuting Christians in the early church. He was rounding them up and even overseeing their murdering, their murders. He was greatly feared by the apostles. They wanted nothing to do with him. But Jesus met this man, Saul, and changed his name to Paul. And upon his return to Jerusalem, he needed an inviter. And a man named Barnabas, whose name means encourager, said, welcome. Come and be one of us. Every follower has an inviter. Every follower has an inviter. This is true of everything really in life when you think about it. It's not just our spiritual lives. How do sports fans get formed? Someone invites them to be a follower of the team. I mean, we don't know where Cowboys fans come from, but other than that, we love you Cowboys fans. Don't worry about it. When you find a new music group, what do you do? 
oh, I'm just going to keep this artist to myself. I'm just going to listen to this all myself. No. You say, you got to check out this new music. It's awesome. When you go to a new restaurant, you don't just keep it to yourself. You tell everybody, why don't we go out to eat? It's an awesome place. That's because we champion what has changed us. That's how Ben, Pastor Ben Stewart says it. He says, we champion what has changed us. I love that. And you see, this is God's plan all along. This is God's plan all along. Remember that the big idea today is that God shares the good news through you. And this is a theme that we've heard recently. Pastor Dave talked about it at the end of January about the mission of the church. Pastor Marty led us through a beautiful sermon about giving and how we need to give Jesus to others. And that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here in this passage in 2 Corinthians. So this is where we're going to spend a lot of our time in the Word today. So again, I invite you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read this for us, and then I'm just going to pray that God would open our hearts, open our ears, open our lives to receive his holy word today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21, and the words are going to be on the screen behind me as well, and for you online. From now on, therefore... We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him who, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would take this, your word, and reveal it to us today. That you would open the truth that you have given. That you would help us to receive the love that you share it with. That you would help us release the places that we need to give over to you, O God, and come to you humbly once again today to learn from you, to walk with you, Jesus, to follow you. In your name we pray these things. Amen. I have to say that it is difficult in one sermon in one message to get through this passage. It is a dense passage of Scripture. It is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. But as we do that together, just some real important things to point out. First, Paul starts by saying, we no longer regard one another as according to the flesh. What does that mean? It means that we don't see people from the outside. All the ways that we could be different on the outside. We don't see people like that anymore. That's not how we regard one another. He compares that to Jesus. You know, Paul, who was once saw Saul, saw Jesus as a fraud. Jesus was a fake, a phony, someone who was a false messiah, and his followers need to be driven out. But he says, I don't see him that way anymore. He's my king. He's my lord. 
He's my Savior. He's my God. That's who Jesus is. Well, we don't see people anymore because of Jesus. We don't see people anymore by the outside. We see them on the inside. And there's two, there's two distinctions for all people, in Christ and without Christ. Not tall or short, not skinny or overweight, not by skin color or by political affiliation. All those distinctions pass away because we recognize that all people are made in the image of God. All people are spiritual. All people are eternal. Your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, the person who just cut you off on the way to church today is made in the image of God. And because of Jesus, you have something to do with them. He continues in verse 17. He says, The old has gone, the new has come. This is new life in Christ. And the word that is used here is in the perfect tense for become. And it's an important distinction because it indicates that there's a starting point that continues into the future. It indicates that something has changed about those who are in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. And I really want to lean into this for us today because it's really important about this whole idea of the fact that God shares the good news through you, is that God has done a miracle in your life. We sang a song today that talks about going from death to life. That's what Jesus does. He doesn't just make bad people good. He makes dead people alive. And if you are in Christ today, and you're here in this place, or you're watching online, you are a new creation. Does that give you reason to praise God? Does that give you reason to celebrate that the old is gone, the new has come. You are a miracle. I know sometimes it doesn't always feel that way. But that is the reality of your place in God. You know, Jesus says that all of heaven shouts when one sinner comes to repentance. And the dawn, the day that you said yes to Jesus... All of heaven roared. For who? For you. You're that important to God. If you find yourself in Christ and are believing in Him, that's how important you are to God. But how does this happen? How does this happen that we are brought into new life? Verse 18 says it so clearly. That all this is from God through Christ. Reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. This is how it happens. Nothing could be clearer in Paul's mind than that Christ, crucified and risen, is the locus and the means of fulfilling God's purposes for history, for humanity, for creation. And then it keeps on going, and Paul says that we are ambassadors. And I'm going to get back to that big idea again. God shares his good news through who? Through you. This is God's plan. This is how people get invited to meet Jesus. Through you. Some of you are saying, God is crazy, man. Have you met me before? I'm not sure that I'm the right person to be involved in this whole salvation redemption plan for the world. Sorry. You are. It is by Christ that we are saved, but it is through you that the world is going to be remade by knowing the love of Jesus. 
And so what are we going to say? Well, he lays it out. Verse 21 is one of the most densest, distilled, complex, yet simple definitions of the gospel. The good news of Jesus. For our sake, he made him, that is Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin. Jesus was perfect. So that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus gave up his life, a sinless life, a perfect life, to be a perfect sacrifice in our place to conquer sin, to conquer death, that through his resurrection we may live again with God and be reconciled to him forever. This is the good news. It is something to celebrate. It is something to remember. It is something to grasp onto. And so if that's what it is and that's how God did it, what does it look like? It looks like you. It looks like you. If you're in Christ, the good news looks like you. And my first point here today, friends, is that you have a story to share. You have a story to share. And some of you might be saying right now, I, I don't know, my story is, is kind of boring. You know, I kind of grew up in church and I just always done it. Or maybe you're like, well, I mean, my family believes and so I believe and that's it. Friends, that is not it. Your story of salvation is not boring. Your story of salvation is not meaningless. Your story of salvation is not any way that you think you could diminish it. It is so important. And it is the story that people are yearning to hear right now. And if that's where you are today, I, I struggle with that too. I said, God, why couldn't you have given me like one of those great salvation stories? You know, those ones that are so inspiring that you're like, oh, that's so cool. Mine's not. It's not true. It's not true because we often don't understand the holiness of God and just how far God had to go to save someone like you. To save someone like me. Jesus gave up everything. The God of the universe gave up everything that you and I would be made alive and would be the righteousness of God. So maybe your story goes like this. Once, um, once I was alone, and then someone introduced me to Jesus and I met Jesus and I realized that he wasn't going to leave me. That he promised not to forsake me. Maybe your story is, I, I once was just bound by anxiety. I was, a, I was just worried all the time. But then uh, I met Jesus and I realized that he could give me peace that goes beyond anything that I could ever understand or comprehend. Maybe your story is, I was afraid of the future. But then I realized because of meeting Jesus that my future was set in him eternally, forever. Maybe your story is I was trapped in addiction. I was trapped by trying to find things that would fill me up and satisfy. And then someone introduced me to Jesus. I met Jesus and I realized that satisfaction is found in him alone. You have a story to share. If you are in Christ, you have a story to share. You know, it's my uh, first time having the privilege to, to speak here with you, and so I thought maybe I'd share a little bit of my story. 
Um, I actually was born in Canada, but uh, went to went to high school in Voorhees and married to my wife Gwen for over 20 years. I think there's like a picture maybe behind me. There we go. And we have two kids, great kids, Abby, who's our oldest, and Ben. And uh, I grew up uh, the son of pastors. I grew up in the church. I grew up um, in the Salvation Army. You ever heard of the Salvation Army before? Yeah, you probably know it as like an organization that has mission centers and thrift stores and things of that nation, but things of that nature. But they have churches too. And um, I really always enjoyed music. Later went to music school, became a music teacher, and then received a calling from God into pastoral ministry. And as a young boy, I remember being told about Jesus. My parents invited me to meet Jesus. And I became a junior soldier. A little weird, I know, but that's okay. And I I remember um, believing that Jesus had come into my heart to save my sins and my life wasn't ever going to be the same. And I signed a a pledge and, and I kept it in my room. It was important to me. I may have been like seven at the time, but it was a pivotal moment in my life. And then as I grew, I really just connected with God's spirit in worship. Whether I was alone with my guitar in my room or whether or not I was gathered in a place with people, it just really moved my heart. And then I met a mentor in my early 20s who invited me to understand what it meant to live a life of grace. You see, I hadn't realized that I was building myself a ladder of self. I had recognized unknowingly that um, approval with others was often found through success, through my accomplishments. But that, that wasn't the gospel. That my approval with God was actually based on his love. And so that's my story. That's how Jesus changed my life. And so maybe simply it goes like this. I once was a young boy who had all these paths ahead of him. And then I met Jesus. And I was put on the path to life. Once I was a young man uh, who believed that he was only as good as what he could do. And would only be loved if he could keep on doing it. And then he met Jesus. And he realized that he was loved not because of what he did, but because of what was done for him. So we're going to share together another story. Another story of invitation. It's going to be on the screen and on your screens at home and here in the worship center. So let's take a few moments and listen to Alex's story. I was not nice to people. I was definitely a follower rather than a leader. I was constantly following what my friends were doing, what they would say. Um, I just wasn't an overall good person. I think that I definitely resented a lot of things that happened in my life, my family, my friends, and I just kind of built that all up to who I was and said this is who I am because of things that happened in the past and I was very unforgiving and trustful. I met Jordan um, through working at uh, Ruffing Soccer. So we met each other and I was like, wow, I really like this kid. So we started talking, we hung out and um, he was saying how he came to FAC. And he asked me if I would come to church with him. And at first I was a little hesitant because you hear things about church and you're like, I don't really know if that's something I would wanna do or go to, um, especially because my family was kind of Catholic at the time. So I was like, I wasn't going to church, but I was just like, uh, Catholic, I don't know. Cause I would just, for, just compared everything to being Catholic. You call me out upon the waters 
So I was going for a couple months and it was probably like one or two months I was going and I was thinking how I was only going because I thought that to be with Jordan, his family would really want me to go to church and just kind of, that's how they would like me and to impress them I was going to church with Jordan. Uh, so that's kind of how I got brought there. That was in 2012. We were sitting there and I was like, okay, here we go, another worship song, I have to stand there. And I always felt uncomfortable during worship. I always just felt like, what do I do with my hands? What do I do with my body? And so I just kind of like stood there like a, like a statue. And for some reason, the song Oceans by Hillsong, they started singing it. And I was like, wow, I really like this melody. Like this is different. Different. And for some reason something just overcame where I felt like so much emotion and I got really teary-eyed and I don't know what it was I'm, I'm assuming it was the Holy Spirit just coming into me and saying this is a song like this and everything that I said in the song um, or is spirit lead me where my trust is without borders and being someone who is very like untrusting of people hated to trust people that was kind of like okay I can trust God God is there for me spirit lead me where my trust is without borders I was just kind of like, okay, this is, is this God trying to tell me this or is this, like, what is this? So then later that night I was talking to Jordan about it and he's just like, well, Alex, that's God. God's speaking to you through that music. So I was able to talk to him and then that's when I accepted Jesus that night. And my faith will be made stronger. He's saying, well, that's how God speaks to you is through the worship songs. And I kind of didn't believe it because I've never felt so overcome by emotion. I'm a pretty emotional person, but to feel that way and my heart was so heavy like this is something you need in that moment through a song was just absolutely crazy it's completely changed my life 180 at 360 actually kind of completely around so I ended up deciding that I was gonna accept Jesus as my savior. And I did it that night, Jordan walked me through the steps and it was amazing. And then every time I went to church, instead of it feeling like routine, it felt like something that I wanted to do, that God was pulling me closer and closer. So I continued reading, Jordan and I would study stuff together. I was listening to Christian music. I was like, wow, this is how God's speaking to me. And then I decided it was time to further my relationship with God and start serving. So I started serving in children's ministry. Um, and yeah, I just kind of got plugged in that way through through a song. In oceans deep. I felt called to be in ministry with kids and it was fun. And I was going to school to be a teacher at that time. So uh, Pastor Justin Wright ended up calling me back in 2017, summer 2017. That's when he started on staff. So he called me and was like, would you like to intern for us? And I was like, me? Of all people, you want me to intern for you? And he was like, yes. And then he listed all the great things that he saw. And he's like, I felt like God was like saying that you're the person that needs to be doing this. I was like, all right, sure. I was like, why not? So I took the leap of faith and I decided to intern. So I interned for about two and a half years. And then they decided that they wanted to offer me a full-time position here at FAC, doing what I did as an intern, but full-time. Ultimately, God just pushed me towards ministry. And then I decided that I guess that's where I should go. God called me to it. And I started full-time uh, January of 2020. Knowing that I could help kids at such a young age, age, raise up, raise up the next generation and teach them about Jesus uh, was definitely super exciting. So I continue to do that. And um, in return, I've learned more about myself and I've grown closer to God because you're studying the Bible, studying so you can teach it to the kids correctly and in a good, good way and making sure that they understand it. And sometimes you have to simplify it for them, but also the stuff that has come out of them, they're so complex, their questions. It's just, it's just so amazing how God has worked through kids to help me and my relationship with him and grow closer to him. When I met Jordan, I wasn't a Christian and he ended up bringing me to FAC. And through him, just talking to him, he's going through, say, hey, let's study the Bible together. He's really uh, helped me in my walk with the Lord and just being around his family too. Uh, they're such great Christian people and uh, they're just amazing. We knew that God needed to be at the center of the relationship in order for anything to work in our lives. It, God's at the center. So any problems that we have, we're like, okay, let's pray about it and see what God says. And anything where we wanted to go further, um, we're like, okay, God, what do we do next? And he was really, it was really nice to have something in the middle, someone that we both relied on and put him before each other. I've been able to find joy through teaching them how to do it. And they've also inspired me to go tell people my age about Jesus. I'm Alex Fernholz and God is at work in my life. <laughs> Yeah, let's give God praise for Alex's story. It's beautiful, right? It's beautiful. I'm so thankful that Jordan would invite Alex to meet Jesus.
that they would put Jesus in the center of their relationship, the center of their home, the center of their lives, that their story would become his story, that their story wouldn't be their own, that the words of that hymn that we already sang today would be true, that this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. You see, when we find ourselves in Christ, our story is not about us. It's about him. Jesus is our hero. He's our hero's story. He is a story that this world is desperately needing to hear. Jesus is the story that, 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 that they are desperately needing to hear. A story of hope, a story of grace, a story of new life. A story of a rock in such changing times. And so how do we share the good news to others? Well, there are ways to be good inviters, and honestly, there are ways to be bad inviters. So how can we be good inviters? Good inviters start by listening. They start by listening well. Listening to those conversations at work. Listening to those conversations around the dinner table at home. Listening to those relationships that we already have to hear what people are going through. To love people like Jesus loves people. To be good listeners. A pastor once said it, I'll never forget it. You gotta listen for the knots. Listen for the knots, N-O-T-S. Things are not going well. I'm not from around here, I'm kinda new. Or I'm just not prepared to enter this season of life. I I'm, did not expect this to happen. I am not ready. Those are often open invitations for us to be able to invite people to meet Jesus. And sometimes it's tough, honestly, to get to those, the depth of those relationships with people. But it's how we want to love people because Jesus loved us that way. Another way to have a good invitation is to be prepared. First Peter talks about it like this. But in your hearts, this is First Peter 1, First Peter 3, excuse me. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Be ready when you're asked, what's this hope that is in you? When you sing the words, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see, and someone asks you, what does that mean? Could you give them a response? The words that we sing all the time, aren't they? I once was lost. What, like you needed a GPS? No. I once was blind, but now I see. Like, that's an amazing medical miracle. No. No. It's a picture of your story. Have you ever written your story down? I'm not talking about like a biography. I'm talking about like a couple sentences. Be ready. Just, just when you go home today, or maybe you're home right now watching, just take out a scrap of paper, a journal, whatever you have around, and pray and think, how has Jesus changed my life? Write it down. Be prepared to be winsome with our story. I love that word. Winsome means uh, to be attractive or appealing in appearance or character. You see, because there's dangers that we face when we walk with Jesus for a long time. Number one is we can have self-righteous amnesia. That means that all of a sudden we kind of forget how we were saved. And somehow we fall into the misconception that it's built upon my church attendance. Or it's built upon my family lineage. Or it's built upon my spiritual disciplines. It's not. It's not. 
Our faith is real because of what Jesus has done and that we have received him in that faith. That's what has given us new life. That's the story to tell. Another danger is that we follow Jesus, and guess what? All of our friends, they, they're following Jesus too suddenly. And where are all of our friends who don't know God? Are we far from them? Or are we close to them? Because God loves them too. Friends, we live in a post-Christian society. That means that our society was built upon Christian values, but the gospel is missing. People think they know what Christianity is all about, but they probably don't. Who's going to tell them? You are. Because your testimony is the gospel. It's the good news of how Jesus comes and saves us from ourselves. So there are good ways to invite. Be a good listener. Be prepared. There are also bad ways to invite. There are bad ways to invite. I call this the pompous and the projects. I read one commentator who said this. I have to read it for you because I didn't believe it when I read it. It is wrong to be always preaching at people. Like, I'm a preacher. What do you mean? Nobody wants to be preached at all the time. That doesn't mean there won't come a time where you need to share the gospel with someone. But you need to create an environment where that can happen. And we can't be coming to people in our self-righteousness, but we need to be gentle. We need to be respectful. We need to be grace-filled. We don't need to put people down who think a different way from us. That isn't going to get anyone into the kingdom of God. But when you show someone love and respect and have gentleness with this gift you want to invite them to, we can be good inviters. Judah Smith said it this way in his book, Jesus Is. He says, I realize it's not my job to convince people they are wrong and I am right. It's not my job to change them. That's a pretty arrogant approach anyway. When I see myself as a friend, rather than a judge or schoolmaster, the relationship or invitation is a lot more natural. There are no shortcuts to authentic friendship, and relationships are messy. They're unpredictable. But we can't fake love just to get someone to come to church. God is calling you to be on mission to him, which means loving people who are far from him. Love like Jesus. But I want to encourage you that God can change bad invitations into good. Some of you are going to get caught up maybe like I have in the past and probably will in the future with I just don't have the right words or I just don't know what to say or maybe they're going to think I'm too pushy or I don't want to mess this up. This is a really good friend of mine. If I talk to them about Jesus, maybe they won't be my friend. Stop. Stop. You know what's true about all those excuses? The word I. You know what the Apostle Paul tells us? It's about Jesus. It's not your story. It's his story. It's your hero's story. You're pointing them to Christ. You might mess up, but God can redeem that. God can use that. God can be in that invitation. So here again is the big idea. That God shares the good news through you. And here's what we want to take away more than anything else from today is to share our hero's story. To share our hero's story. And so the band is going to come out again, and we're going to sing one more time in this gathering. And as they do, um, I found and wrote down this uh, short quote that I think is really, really good for us to hear before we leave. It's from Paul Tripp, one of my favorite authors, speakers, pastors, and he says this, A God of grace sends his people of grace to make visible his invisible grace to people who need grace. Friends, this life is all about God's grace. And I believe God's grace is calling us.
I believe God's grace is calling me and it's calling you. It's calling you to step out. It's calling you to step out of your comfort zone and it's calling you to get into the game, to get beyond the bleachers, to invite, to recognize that the single greatest gift that you could ever give anyone single greatest gift you could ever give your spouse the single greatest gift you could ever give your loved one the single greatest gift you could ever give your friend the single greatest gift you could ever give your neighbor is an introduction an invitation to meet the God who created them and who saved them friends we can find rest in this that God has not called us to save anybody. You and I can't do that. That's what Jesus does. But God has called you and me to invite others to meet the Savior. So let's rise to our feet. Let's be prepared to share our testimony of what God has done. Let's sing together. Come on, get your hands clapping. Got a story to tell. That's right. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven That's right And my praise belongs to you forever Come on church, sing it out This is my testimony from down to life rewrote my story and I'll testify my Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony this is my testimony come on everybody let's sing it together come together come together sons and daughters Blood and washed in water Sing the praises of Spirit, Son, and Father Our God will finish what He started Come on, believe it! Our God will finish what He started This is my testimony from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story and I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Yeah. 
testimony from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story and I'll testify My Jesus Christ the righteous, I'll testify Before we go, before we go, before we tune off here today, I just want to let you know that our communications team is working really hard here at Fellowship Alliance Chapel to make it as easy as possible for you to invite. To make it as easy as possible for you to respond to the word of God that has been said here today. And so you'll find these on your seats. And we don't want you to take them. We don't want you to leave them there. We want you to take them. These are invitations. On the back, you'll find a place to make it personal, to put your name, to say what time, and give it to somebody and say, hey, do you want to come to church on Easter with me this year? We're going to have services in person in this room. We're going to have services out. We're going to have a service outside at sunrise at 630, if you would be more uh, comfortable there. If you're online with us today, if you're online, it might be one of the easiest times to send an invitation to church. We're going to have services on Easter online, and you could go to myfac.org slash Easter. Go to myfac.org slash Easter. Text that to somebody. Email it to somebody. They'll find out when our times are. You'll have a way to register for a Facebook live event and use that tool. Friends, God has called us to invite people to meet Jesus. Let's do it. Amen. God bless you.